From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Ray Padron, the CEO of CI Brightworth. Ray, thank you so much for being here today. Abby, it's my pleasure. Well, let's dive in. Cryptocurrency, NFTs, and the rise of fintech are shaping the next chapter of the financial market. As someone with 25 years of experience in wealth management, how do you see these innovative financial vehicles reshaping the practice of wealth management? Abby, that's a really good question. And it's actually one that um, many clients are starting to ask as the uh, the world watches what's been happening to Bitcoin and Ethereum and many of the other uh, digital um, currencies that are out there. And, and, you know, question number one is, is this really an asset class? Uh, it's not certainly a traditional way to invest. It's much like gold in the sense that there's a store of value because people are willing to buy it from you. Um, but in terms of where it's headed, um, there's still a lot of groundwork that needs to get laid here. Um, as, uh, but it is a very real thing, and there are elements of it that are certainly never going to go away. You know, whether right. Bitcoin is the answer um, obviously remains to be seen. And of course, we all have heard that the, uh, you know, the U.S. government and the Fed are going to get involved in starting to do studies around what the future of digital currencies ought to be within um, the United States and other countries have already led the way in creating digital currencies. So, um, you know, what we're recommending clients is that we, you know, we take our time. Um, the best way to step into these things is to do it in a very diversified way. Uh, you know, you concentrate your wealth if you want to make it. Uh, you diversify it in order to keep it. And since we don't know um, what the future holds is that if we're going to allocate a certain amount uh, to digital currencies or to um, other things like that, um, certainly do it in a diversified way. There, there are ETFs and things like that that are being designed right now in order to make it available to the general investing public. If you, if you look at the history of investing um, with new, and this has been true since, frankly, since I've been in the business you know, before we got into emerging markets and micro cap stocks and even um, international stocks, which is, you know, you see the larger um, organizations like the institutional investors start to invest in it, usually very slowly. Uh, then you see the ultra high net worth space moving into that space as more of a, you know, hey, let's let's experiment. We can afford to see how well it does. And then eventually it hits the, you know, the high net worth space and then the traditional um, retail investor. So with that, I just say, you know, be careful. You, you'll start seeing it in portfolios. We're working on um, creating uh, several ETFs here in the United States as part of being part of CI Financial. And uh, we'll be bringing it to our, at least some of our clients' portfolios here real soon. What are the key factors of a fintech investment you identified to determine whether or not it will be sustainable long-term? So taking the digital um, currencies aside, which we've already talked about, um, the fintech industry obviously is a great place to, um, to invest in startups. Uh, there's a lot of very interesting things happening in our space. But one of the things that I'm reminded of 
is that a lot of fintech eventually ends up on a larger platform. So you get these incredibly creative ideas. Um, people obviously think that they need this technology, whether it's to service themselves, service their clients, um, et cetera. And what you find is they really ought to be part of a larger platform. So what you're going to see in fintech, and we're already seeing it, really interesting ideas, very creative things taking place, but eventually they get consolidated into a larger platform, which we then bring to our clients. The next generation of investors has experienced countless events that have shaped their priorities on wealth management. How is the incoming generation influencing the future of the industry and encouraging innovation in wealth management practices? Yeah, th this is nothing new. So um, since I've been in the business, which has really been since the 80s, one of the things we had back in the 80s was socially responsible investing. And we have social, we've had socially responsible investing available to our clients now for decades. Um, there's also faith-based investing for people who want to invest a certain way. Um, these types of things have kind of matched up with the demographics. And now what we're seeing is a different way of expressing our values in how we invest. So again, nothing new. What's new is that because of the fintech industry, we'll be able to do this in very customized ways for our clients. So how we do ESG investing, for example, is about environment, socially responsible, um, and uh, governance uh, can be very uniquely designed for a particular individual. So if they're very environmentally oriented, we can lean the portfolio more towards that. And at the end of the day, we can also make sure that we're, you know, we're tracking the S&P 500, whatever index they want to track, and, and not be too far off of that. So it's exciting times, and we'll be able to do some really interesting things for you know, clients of means. There is an unprecedented amount of capital in the economy, resulting in greater saturation of markets and assets. At the same time, the past few years have shown great global uncertainty with events such as the pandemic and the Ukrainian-Russian war. Aside from cryptocurrencies, what creative avenues and asset classes are investors exploring to maintain long-term stable returns? Well, you know, like I said earlier, you, um, you diversify in order to maintain your wealth. Uh, you can't, you know, unless you've got a crystal ball that I've never seen um, <laughs> and know when to get out and when to get back in, uh, the best way is to diversify your portfolio. Um, and at the same time, you know, watching what's going on from a capital flows macro level. We, we've watched over the last 25 years, we went from 8,000 publicly held companies down to below 4,000. Now it's back up to somewhere around 6,000 public companies because we've put a lot of money into, you know, into our um, economy. Uh, mm -hmm. Whether you agree on whether that's a good idea or not, it's made capital invest, you know, uh, available. Um, the private equity markets have matured. And um, with fintech, uh, we're able to bring a more diversified uh, level of asset management, you know, to clients because we're able to take things like, you know, whether it's private debt, private equity, um, specific slices of real estate um, with inflation coming on board. Uh, mm -hmm. that we want to take advantage of. The technology that's out there is allowing us to bring a, um, I say, a more precise level of portfolio management to our clients. And the uh, getting back to fintech, not to elaborate too much, but 
the ledger system that the uh, fintech industry sits on top of, that's going to change the world. Um, the, the amount of money that's being made right now just sitting in the float at banks and in trade and everything else, that's going to start to go away with the ledger system and how capital gets raised and how it moves around the world and how it gets invested is going to change. And um, unless you have scale, it's going to be hard to get access to that to your clients. Well, to round out today's discussion on creativity, what are some unique ways you are fostering creative thinking across CI Brightworth? Yeah, thank you. Um, and, and some of this we've been doing actually for a long time. And in some of the things we're doing, uh, we've really just kind of brought in over the last three or four years. Um, one of the things we've always done is we're being, you know, being part of a study group um, as a wealth advisor is, I think, just incredibly invaluable. And there's a lot of way our industry networks with each other as we go to these large conferences. But the study groups tend to be a little bit more intimate and you share a little bit more. Obviously, you're not going to have somebody who you're competing with down the street um, in the same study groups. But, you know, what a firm's doing in Chicago or Dallas or New York, um, we want to hear about. And they come up with ideas. They share ideas. We share ideas. That's one way. Um, another thing that we've done is we have an actual client experience um, committee. And uh, you want to call it a committee. Um, but it's within the firm. Um, it's across all the offices. It's also across all uh, generations and across the different departments where we talk about what exactly is the client experience? Um, what can we do to change it, to improve it? And it's down to even the really small things. A lot of creativity comes out of that because you have the younger generation who are thinking differently and they're bringing a host of ideas um, for us to implement. Um, the, the other thing, um, that um, we're doing is what we call a uh, client advisory council is actually what we call it. And we do that across our different types of clients or different client sizes. And we actually sit down and talk to them. How, how was your experience of coming on board to CI Brightworth? Um, your initial, you know, your initial financial review, the implementation, what are things that we can do differently and better? Um, and, you know, clients are actually a great source of, boy, here's some ideas that, you know, I applied over and say for us, in Coca-Cola that you guys could use in the financial services industry. And we'll sit there and go, man, we never thought of that. Very interesting indeed. Well, thank you so much, Ray. Abby, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.